I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up guys? It's your host, Jamie Messina. And um, all right, today we have an interesting episode. We have Molly Downs Stoller. She is a marriage and family therapist that has a focus um, with the LGBTQ plus Christian community. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I, I've been feeling kind of drawn to having more conversations around spirituality, uh, religion, and um, the LGBTQ plus community. So I really love this one. But listen, before we get to that, uh, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes you hear, please consider going and leaving us a five-star review. Greatly, I would appreciate that. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people. Um, And also, make sure to check the show notes, not only for the information on Molly, but also there is a free download in there, a workbook to help you get started on your own journey and flipping the script that is playing in your head changing your story from one that is disempowering to empowering. So make sure to check that out. And without further ado, Molly Downs Stoller. All right, guys, I have here with me, Molly, say your last name for us. <laughs> Downs Stoller. Downs Stoller. So um, I'm excited to chat with her today. In particular, I know you have your own stories that you're going to share, but as I was looking through your Instagram profile, I see... Um, that so what do you do with the lgbtq plus community and religion christianity yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm a marriage and family therapist and i um, am full-time do therapy with the christian closet and so the christian closet there's 13 uh queer therapists that all come from a christian background and um just get to work with people in individual therapy and i do group therapy kind of just therapy in general, but also um, some of the stuff that comes in um, kind of deconstructing people's faith and some of the struggles that come if you've grown up in the Christian church and been told you shouldn't be queer or it's not okay or you're sending. So there's like an extra layer in there. Um, And so, yeah, so most of my clients, you don't have to be a Christian or former Christian to work with us, but we just have that understanding. So it is a great organization. So if anyone is interested in therapy, they can check out the Christian closet. I think that is such a necessary, um, we, we need you. <laughs> but I grew up Catholic and, and thankfully my family was crazy like about it. But I can remember, you know, I'd go to church every single Sunday and I really liked it. And um, I really liked, you know, my faith and stuff like that. Um, and I was passionate about that. And I remember when I turned 18 was right around the time that gay marriage was on the table to become legal in Massachusetts, mm. where I lived. 
And church went from something that I enjoyed to something that I dreaded and stopped going to because mm. every Sunday became write your senators. We have to stop this from happening. Like the focus wow. of service, there was a point to stop this, you know, protect marriage, if you will. Um, yeah. That was my like detransition from being Catholic, you know? And I actually grew up Catholic as well. And so my family and my parents, totally supportive, never grew up with some of my clients have been in like the fundamental really church their whole lives and been told from age one, this is a sin. You're going to hell if you're gay. Luckily, I didn't have that in my like formative years. I started going to a Southern Baptist church when I was 16 and just like for the next 20 years was deep in evangelical Christianity. Um, and so for the last 20 years, that was though my, my pastor would get up on the pulpit at my Baptist church and say that homosexuality is a sin. And so that was kind of what I believed and kind of what I was told, even though it never sat well with me. Um, so yeah, I'm like you, like we, I didn't hear it growing up and then switched to kind of Christianity, evangelical, I'll say conservative Christianity. And that's where I started to hear that message. Then I met my wife and I was all screwed up. <laughs> so let's talk about that. What happened for you? Like during that process of, you know, okay, now this ingrained in your brain of, um, um you can hear me, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Can you hear me? What yeah. you believe and everything. And then you meet your wife. First of all, how did you meet your wife? And what was the thought process there? Yeah. So I think one of the things is I was never um, given the opportunity or I just don't feel like I was ever presented like with exploring being gay. So looking back now, I was like, oh yeah, that was always there. But even, so uh, my wife's a retired police officer and I worked with the police department uh, with a mental health team in San Diego that we have. And she was my partner. And so the first day I met her, I was like, my God, she's so cool. And she's so pretty. And I just went home and raved about her to my roommate. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, why am I thinking about kissing her? And then I was freaking out because in my head, all of these, you can't do this. You're a sinner. You need to quit your job. I told my, my best friend and my pastor, they were like, you should quit your job. Never see her again. Get out of that situation. That's tempting you. Um, but I couldn't like, she was just too, I mean, when I met her, it was like, oh, this is what everyone's been talking about that I've been trying to do with guys that had never worked, obviously. And she's it. This is it. That's that feeling. Um, so in that, it was very hard to be like, okay, what do, here's my Christian beliefs and this is what feels right. And so how do those, they're, they, they're colliding. And so I've kind of went through a process and really what I just, what I, what I came to was like, she makes me a better person. And there's so much fruit that comes from our relationship it just, I couldn't believe that that wasn't from God. Mm. And so I was like, I don't want to follow the God that tells me don't nope, That's just uh, evil. And that's just Satan. So you need to run and never look back. And I was like, well, no, this is too good. I don't know. Um, so I lost a lot of people. I uh, really no longer um, allowed at my church. I still will call myself a Christian, but it just looks completely different than it did, you know, probably seven, eight years ago. Yeah. What does it look like now? 
Uh, I don't go to church all the time. Um, I do have a great like progressive church. I don't know if you've ever read the book. Um, um, it Colby Martin is a, he's a local pastor in San Diego, but he took their seven Bible passages that people kind of use and they call them the clobber passages and they use them against, you know, homosexuality. I see that in quotes um, and really use that against us. So he took that book and really looked at the Bible, the cultural, everything and broke it down. And he's, he's a straight cis guy that, you know, married with three kids. He has no agenda, no reason to like do this. And he was like, I just doesn't sit well with me. So he, at the end, as a pastor, it was like, my conclusion is there's no biblical reason that same, you know, same sex LGBTQ, um, committed relationships are not biblical. So Colby has a church in San Diego. And so when I found that out, I was like, oh my God. So we go there. It's, it's about 40 minutes away from our house. So we go as when we can, but it's called Sojourn Grace Collective. So that's been a huge, um, and it's not like church used to be. And the first time I went and I got to hold my wife's hand in church, I started crying because I just have never been welcome in a space like that. So, so anyway, um, I don't go to church all the time. I don't read my Bible every, every day. Like I used to, um, I think I stopped seeing God as this big, bad, almighty God who was like, you have to do this, 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 and this. And if you don't, and you have to listen to what the pastor says and other people say, don't trust what your heart is evil and stuff. So went from that to, no, I think God's just in me and God is here and he's a gentler God. And so I don't have to get rid of him. It just, like I said, it looks different. I don't, I, I read the Bible, not as a rule book or a science book, but just as a book of wisdom. Right. Um, so a lot more unknowns because Christianity is very certain, right? Like you believe this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you go to heaven. And that's what I used to believe. Now I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, Jesus was really cool. And I want to, you know, live by his example, the rest of the stuff. I don't know. Right. Um, so yeah. a, a lot diff way different. What, what was Colby's books called? It's called Unclobber. Unclobber. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check it out. It's really good. Interesting. So what kind of brought you to do what you do today? Um, so I've been in social work um, and I worked homeless for about 15 years in a um, nonprofit, Christian nonprofit in San Diego. And then I switched to working with the police department. And then I had some extra time and I was like, well, let me look into private practice. I said I would never do private practice full time. As a therapist, I was like, I kind of like doing the other stuff, crisis stuff. I started with working with Christian Closet and I was just so amazed. Like I grew so much from my clients. And then I just got to see how much my story um, helped them. And so to be able to be one person that says God still loves you, even though you're gay and to listen and go, I'm so sorry. So, so sorry that your parents will not talk to you anymore. Like let's just, talk. um, that was it. I started doing that and I was like, no, I, I want to do this full time. And then the stars just kind of aligned and it worked out that, um, my wife retired. And so I wanted to be at home. So 
I was able to leave my job and, and switch over. And um, like I said, I do groups now for women who are coming out, um, women who are in mixed orientation marriages. Um, so who are you know married to straight men and then kind of later figure out like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not straight. Um, yeah. And I, and then just see individual clients. And it's been such, like I said, huge healing for me. And also I think just, I get to see people grow and set boundaries and talk about grief and just become themselves. Like, as I'm sure you see, you know, as you coach people, you just get to see their growth, which is so awesome. Yeah. It's exactly why I do this. You know, it's like to see people make that shift of living a life that they, for somebody else or something else, Mm. to living it for themselves and understanding and and seeing people. All right. So I I heard a statistic the other day, which is 90% of people die with regret and Mm. average person dies by the age of 72. So I'm going to be 40 in months. I'm 43. So by that logic, both of us have 30 years left. Okay. A lot of people out there will continue to live the life that is unhappy for them to please others, Mm -hmm. church or to please whatever. And I don't know if we come back again. You know, I like to think that we keep revisiting earth until we learn what we need to learn. But I don't know if that's true or not. This could be it. This could be the be all end all. Right, right. And if I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to um, live the next 30 years for something else, you know, yep. so mm-hmm. to have a piece in people making that shift and actually mm-hmm. stepping into themselves and, and being, living their life in the best way that a lot of mm-hmm. they want and not others is such a good gift, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. That's what I love helping people do. And it can be so hard sometimes. So I mean, coming out is hard, as you know, and then coming out, if you have a religious family also to try and and do that shift of like, okay, yes, this is you. So let's talk about how God sees you. And then the grief and the loss that comes along with that shift. But I, that's what I love about like talking about my, my story before and after kind of coming out, um, that, that transition took a lot of grief, um, but I'm so much happier. And so now with my clients, I can say it's hard. It was hard. I lost my best friend. I was no longer allowed to see my goddaughter. I haven't seen her in five years, six years. Um, you know, my pastor, you stopped talking to me. So I lost a lot and it's amazing and it was worth it. And so, but it's really hard. So I love, and that's just where I feel and, and same, probably you feel the same way to say, this is where I came from and this is where you can get, and it is possible. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. I'll keep going. I'll take one more day, one more step. Yeah. Let's go a little deeper into that. You know, you lost your best friend, your mm-hmm. child, your pastor, um, and still it was the right decision for you. So let's kind of like dig into that a little, maybe some people who are in the place where they're not able yet to take that next step they know that mm-hmm. they're living a life that's not aligned with them they're living it for other people and they don't they are willing to just let that be for the rest of their short life because of the consequences like mm-hmm. what do that I have and and I have some clients like that I have a couple of people who said I will never come out to my parents you know they're in their 80s and it's not worth it and it's not worth that and so 
and that's okay too, right? Um, we so we talk a lot about grief because there's kind of grief either way, right? If you don't come out, then you're not living your authentic life, and they don't get to know you. And then there's grief if you do come out because you might lose them. And so um, I think to just give you permission that it's okay if you if you don't. For me, that's what was right. Um, I needed to break away from that. I also was decided, you know, I'm going to choose to get pursue my relationship with my wife. Um, but I have some people that move across the country and, you know, they just have their roommate that they've had for years and no one really talks about it. And maybe their mom knows and just it doesn't bring it up. And so therapy can be a good place, I think, where you can talk about that and like, okay, let's weigh the pros and cons of telling you. Sometimes it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're just not going to. And then sometimes like when they get a person, they're like, have a person I want to introduce them to. Um, so I just think it's, it's case by case. And I always tell people there's just no pressure in a certain way, or it's okay if you're still in the closet in some relationships. Um, it says my internet is unstable. Okay. Uh, I have this ladder analogy and actually my wife came up with it. She's like, I call her the old school Texas lesbian because she's been, she's from Texas and she's been, you know, out since she was like 15. Um, and she said, coming out is like a ladder. You start at the bottom with really safe people. And then you kind of climb up to the next person and the next person. And if it goes poorly and it gets scary and it's not safe, you come back down the ladder one rung. And so I like to use that analogy because then I think it gives people permission to go slowly. You know, some people might have like an extension ladder and they'll never get to the top and that's okay. Some people have like a step stool and you're like, I wish I had a step stool and it was easy. And, um, but you know, it's okay if you don't, because it's too hard. It might not be safe. If you live with someone and it's not safe to come out, you'll lose like, you know, your home or money or whatever, you lose your whole support system, then that's not really, let's build that up and get you ready um, to come out and get ready and get your support system in place. So you're not alone if that happens. And so I think those are all different pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've recently been attracting a lot of clients who are later in life, lesbian, you know, we're married or in, you know, relationship with men and had kids and, and have mm-hmm. lots of people um yes. and, you know it's a balance of okay this is grief like you said we are losing these things we're choosing to no longer be in my life and I get to be who I am now yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah like I have nine women in a group right now and there are some of them have gotten divorced and some of them are figuring out like what do I do um and I could have seen myself doing that. A lot of those people, like you, even because in the Christian church, right, you get married, you don't have sex before marriage. So you get married young, you have kids, you do, 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 do. And then a woman comes along and you're like, oh, like that's where I could have seen myself doing that. I just didn't get, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hard. And then you're like, oh, or now you have kids and everything. And you're like, this is not me. I want to live authentically. Um, and it's, it's, super hard. I've, I have one in my group, I have some people that have been through that and, and now are like married to women or 
come and talk just to be like, yes. But yeah, that's a, that's a thing. And I, I, they're so courageous. Every, all of those people who, who choose to do that later. So courageous. No, I agree. I was uh, lucky enough to be, you know, know I was gay since I was five. Mm-hmm. I just didn't tell anyone until I was eight, you know, and um, for myself, I didn't realize this, but my mom's mom was a lesbian and, really? yeah, and my brother was gay. I didn't know that either. And um, it was surprising to me when I figured that out because my, my mom was the lesser of the two parents that was accepting. Uh, she, she, and not, not because she wasn't accepting, but I think it's because growing up and in that time period with a parent who was um, gay or lesbian wasn't a pleasant experience and didn't want that for her. Yeah. You know, she probably mm-hmm. painful situations. And, and I don't think my grandmother was necessarily out, but people, people talk, we lived in a small town and um, my mom, young girl felt the residual impact of that, you know? So mm. How interesting. Right? <laughs> Super. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of my, did your grandma know? Was she, how did she react when you came out to her? She had already passed away. She had already what? Uh, so she didn't, oh. she didn't get to. Sorry, you cut out. Oh, gosh. Get to, um, we didn't get to have that conversation. Mm, that's hard. Yeah. It's, it isn't, it? like, I think, um, I've been to, uh, like, mediums and stuff like that and Hmm. always comes through she's never said anything about the gay thing but she always comes through which I love that that that's awesome um yeah my dad passed away before I met my wife and he would have been awesome he would have loved my wife um and so that and when I told my mom that's the first thing she said is you know I found if you, if you love her, like I loved your dad, like who cares? You just take that love and you just, you enjoy every minute of it. So it was the best response. Yeah. My mom was, was great. Um, so when we were chatting about you joining me on the podcast, cause this is called the stories we tell. Yes. I have, a, I have some stories I could share. What was the number one that came, the first story that came to mind that you thought, well, you know what? I'd really like to share this because this might inspire some people. I think it was probably the loss that I went through and to, to tell people, especially people who are maybe evangelical conservative Christians that have been told and really think that they're going to hell and really think that um, God doesn't love them because they're gay, that that isn't true. And you can get to the other side. Um, I think that's, and, and that it, it's painful, but you can do it. And so I just want people to have hope that that's possible. Um, I've had a lot of people, like I said, that their parents won't talk to them anymore and their parents truly think that they are going to go to hell and that they can't like have a relationship with them because they're, you know, like, well, now I'm participating in this. And that's so sad because it's so fear-based. Um, and so I, I also want people to know that there, there may be a different form of Christianity than what they've been taught. And that's really hard, um, for people like that have been indoctrinated for so long to even realize, or it's very scary to even look at those because of the consequences. Um, so I think, I think 
that's probably the biggest. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I'll tell you this. So I go live every morning on TikTok and I'll do a morning reflection. We talk about gratitude. We and without fail, at least several times a week, I'll have somebody come on talking about trying to save or, you know, um, not even really knowing, I don't think, one way or another, if I am gay, but just assuming by the way that I look and having something to say. And so, um, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I, I'm a spiritual person and I believe in God and I believe in the universe and I believe in energy and I believe in, and that tends to make me, and, and I catch myself because I'm, it makes me not like that religion, you know, not like, oh, but I know not everybody's like that. Not everybody believes that, right? It makes me, yes. And it makes me cringe. And I don't even like calling myself a Christian sometimes because of that connotation and how hurtful Christians have been. I, I, it just, yeah, it makes me cringe. That's why I would rather, and I know there's a lot of like, Christians who are kind of more progressive, more like, you know, not sure what I think, but there's some, you know, I believe in God or, you know, just kind of trying to figure this out that don't use that term at all anymore because of that. I don't really want to associate. I wish that we could get a new name for it, a new category, because those people are just hurtful and there's no love there. That's not what Jesus was about. I mean, ugh, that's when I don't want to call myself a Christian. Yeah. And I think reclaiming that word, I'll be, okay. So when I was eight, mm. I told you that's when they started to talk about gay marriage in, in Massachusetts. And I think I was 21 or 22 when it actually became legal. And I remember I went, we didn't have phones or anything like no smartphones at that time, but we were watching the news. It was 11 o'clock at night, me and my friend. And we saw that there was a, a crowd gathered at the Cambridge Massachusetts courthouse. And at midnight, they were going to marry the first people. So we got, I got my handy cam. I went down there and we were all excited. Handy cam. Yes. I had a big handy cam. I got to find that tape. I got to find that tape. But you've been doing this for years. This is just your calling to do. Yes. Journalism (laughs) and inventing and like, yeah, being there and being so excited and watching the crowd and also wanting to document the line behind me of the Westboro church. Uh, They were there with their signs. That God hates bags and um, mm. just doing their thing. And they didn't matter. They were in a sea. Nobody listened to what they were saying at that point. But I remember at that young age just being so taken aback by them because, and I know they don't represent religion really. Like they're a very extreme, um, you know, they're extreme form. But the fact that these people that were so quote unquote committed to God literally made had a website www.godhatesbags.com mm-hmm. come to th- the deaths of you know funerals of gay people who were murdered mm. come to and hold these signs and have mm. children holding these signs like that really changed my view and like okay well what's really going on here you know first we grew up in in the church and got confirmed and thought that you know god and, and religion was a safe place and then for this to come out and be there and it to not be at, at all. Like it really mm. like young brain to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that just makes me cringe. Uh, it, it just, because I associate, I wasn't that extreme at all. Um, you know, ugh, 
but that just makes me cringe that, that you had to see that or like those little kids, that's what they're just going to believe for so long. You know, some of them are gay, you know, some of the people in that church are gay. Um, and it just makes me so sad that they use God and they use religion. Yeah. I would say I'm not religious at all. And that's where I'm like, well, if you go to church, okay. Church can be good. The Bible can be helpful, but so can a lot of other books. So can a lot of other people. Um, and so, I mean, I really, I guess, love Jesus, but there's no like judgment on anyone else and what they believe, because I think there's goodness in all of it too. And so interesting too, because I keep being pulled to have these conversations. Like I had another podcast guest, I was sitting by my pool one day and, um, my person that I was going to interview that day canceled. And I had met a guy who happened to hear my podcast like the week before. And he, then he was at my pool and he <laughs> was a youth pastor and had like moved away from that. And we got to have a conversation just about what it was like to grow up in such an extreme, um, you know, religious sense and, you know, his experience. And I find that I keep being pulled towards these conversations. Mm. So maybe there are some people listening that really need to hear that there are other people that believe in something higher, like a higher power that are with like for all, for every person that jumps at you and tells you you're going to hell or that, you know, you're sinning and, and you're whatever. There are probably 10 more that believe in God and in Jesus and don't think that's true. Yes. Right. And I have so many, that's why I love, you know, TikTok and social media, because I've had so many people say, I've never met a queer Christian. And if I can be that person, it's like I said, it's, I use Christian lightly, but still like, how, oh, you, you've hung on to God, which has been important. You know, if it's important in your life, that's been, you know, how do I do that and reconcile that? And I can tell you like flat out that I don't think the Bible says it's wrong. Um, so yeah, so it's so interesting that, um, when people can just say, wow, there are queer Christians. I, I work with a lot of people, you know, in the deep South mm-hmm. in the Bible belt. And that's, that's, that's rough. Cause that's part of your, your culture. Right. So I, I understand that, you know, um, I had, I had some good friends in the past and I would still consider them good friends that are super religious that would say to me, um all sin legal you know what i mean yeah. love the sinner hate the sin yes yes hey you're gay that's sin, but that's okay it's, it's it's on the same field as robbery or murder and i'm like wait what me loving mm-hmm. my love is the same sin as somebody murdering somebody you you think that that yeah and like i know that they were saying it out of a place of like, they think this is a good thing like okay and i'm but for me it was really offensive what do you think about that? Oh yeah. hundred percent. So you were going back to my story. So that used to be me. I used to be, that would say, well, it is a sin, but you know, totally me. When I worked at a homeless shelter, I'd have women come in and they'd have, you know, sleep on the floor and I would separate people if they were couples. I mean, it just, I cringe now. I just hate it. And so to go, um, to be like, that was me. And so it does come from a place of like, I think that's what they're doing is best, but that one's so insulting, the sin one, because then you're saying, you're saying what I do is a sin and that I need to stop. Like if you're a robber or murderer or drug addict, you need to stop and repent and move on. Right. Well, I'm not going to stop being gay. 
And so those are two different, like they're not even the same categories as like, yeah, I don't understand how I'm a murderer. Well, I, I, there was a pastor in San Diego. And one of the reasons I couldn't see my goddaughter is he, the pastor said that anyone who's gay has some sort of perversion, sexual perversion. And I was like, no, I just actually just love a woman. Like really it's that simple. It's not really that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, that, that, that sin one is really, really tough. And I don't, I think some Christians get so stuck in the Bible that they don't know what to do. Um, I don't know, but if you, do you know about like side A and side B in Christianity? So they used to have like conversion therapy, right? Like, um, and then there was like, I don't know if you've seen, oh my gosh, what's the, what have you ever seen, but I'm a cheerleader. (gasps) No. What? Oh, oh, I've not seen that. It's old. I watched this movie when I was 18. It's called But I'm a Cheerleader. And it's about these kids that get sent away to like a conversion camp um, because, you know, their families are all religious or don't want them to be gay. And um, it's a it's it's a funny movie. <laughs> RuPaul's in it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm totally going to see it. Yeah. Um, so there's a new movie out called Pray Away. Um, I don't know if I see and it. it's about conversion therapy. And there was a, a huge organization called Exodus. And so tons of people went to Exodus and then everybody came back and said, it didn't work. We're all still gay. And so I feel like that's where Christians kind of, that's where they're, that was their like, okay, just go do that. Well, so instead of that, now they have um, side B, which means you can be so there are Christians who think, okay, you can be gay. It's totally fine, but you can't act upon it. Um, people can't see my eye roll. Um, <laughs> or mine. And <laughs> yes, um, but you have to be, so just be celibate. And which I'm like, really? Okay, that's fair. So I feel like that's kind of what they don't know what to do with this, the pastor and the Bible and all these, they think the Bible says about, the homosexuality is a sin. So they're like, oh, that's a good answer. Well, now we can say it's okay, but you just can't act upon it because acting upon it is a sin. So that's side B. Um, side X is like, it's all wrong. And side A is like me, like you can be gay and Christian, whatever. It's not even an issue. Um, so it's been really interesting to see, like you said, your friends kind of, they're like, people struggle with it um, and they don't know really what to do with it. I wish they would take a, a deeper dive into some of the books and research and stuff. Uh, I mean, the word homosexual wasn't put in the Bible until 1946. That so very interesting. I've been learning a lot about that on TikTok. And so the my understanding is this it wasn't it was translated improperly, really the 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 verse that everyone most people are referring to, I think it's Leviticus or something, right? Or that yeah, that's one of them. Not lie with man as whatever but originally the other man was actually boy yeah yeah so if you look at the cultural context of those clobber passages that um those seven or eight it's about gang rape pedophilia um and yeah the, mainly gang rape and, and pedophilia and so do i think those are wrong <laughs> yes so interestingly enough in 1946 someone put the word homosexual in there without even really looking at the like contextual, the translation and everything. 
the translation team, someone wrote a letter. I can send you this link to it's super interesting. Someone wrote a yeah, someone wrote a letter that they found that said, Hey, um, he was like in uh, Greek Hebrew studies or something, a religious studies said, say, I think you got this wrong to the translation team. I don't think homosexual is the right word. This is about sexual perversion, you know, and that the translation team said, you might be right, but we can't change it. So in 10 years, when our contract says we can, I'm, I'm not getting this totally right, but something like we can come back and revisit that next time we do our translation, which was in 10 years. Wow. And in 10 years, they said, you're right. And so some Bibles go back to sexual perversion and sexual immorality. So By then, which, well, the damage was done, right? The damage was done. And so I'll send you, so they, that, that the guy who wrote that letter, there's an interview with him and they tell you how they found those letters at Harvard or Yale or something. I mean, I was mind blown when they said, you're right. We shouldn't have chosen that word. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see that. And I will, I will link it in the description of um, the notes here on, on the, yeah. Wow. Just the first like 10 minutes of this video, the whole thing's really interesting, but yeah, I just think we got it wrong. And then we just trust, we've been told that pastors and other people are the people we have to listen to and follow. And that's another thing I've learned kind of like, okay, I listen to everyone else to tell me what's right and wrong. And now I've had to turn inward and be like, that doesn't feel right. Like that one feels right. That doesn't like what with my wife, like, and, and the Christian church and was, we, we were taught your heart is deceitful. You know, Satan will try and trick you and all this stuff. So a lot of my clients just don't trust at all. So part of that work that we do too, is like, okay, let's learn to just trust your gut. Like, you know, when you're doing something wrong and when you're doing something right, like, I mean, you know, I do find it very interesting that homosexual wasn't the word, but, you know, pedophilia is a better fit. And, you know, coming from Boston and the archdiocese problem there, uh, where uh. some priests were <laughs> abusing little boys and being protected by the higher power within the church. Now, and nobody seems to have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I, I'm... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right nobody's pulling out the scripture for them and that yeah, them and continued the abuse on young kids when they did come forward and punish them and blame them and you know that right there should null and void anything that it says about anything <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's why i mean i struggle and i know others and i don't blame other people for not liking christians or you know, um, just wanting to leave God and everything all, all together. Um, I've found in my life that, that I still want to hold true to some of that. And I feel like he's a, God is really a gentle God. Um, but yeah, I think we've gotten a lot of things wrong and for sure. Listen, I think Jesus and God are amazing. I think human beings distorted his, their message. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. That brain does like you can't, Mm. There's, if somebody is retelling a story that they heard, there's no way that it's hundred percent the original story because anything here is based upon your own perception, your own experience in life. Mm. So you saw through the lens of yourself. And so 
these are stories that are retold and the original story is not the same as the retold story because this whoever retold the story who wrote it has their own perception that they've added in there you know bam yeah i mean that's just the brain you know right right <laughs> true that's just like science and yeah. so i love that 100% 100% and that's where a lot of it is like okay context like if you look at the bible there were no like healthy monogamous same-sex relationships back then it wasn't a thing so why would they add it in the bible like there was pedophilia there was gang rape and the, you know all of that and so it's like well yeah they did that like you said their brain didn't even comprehend that it wasn't a thing and so let's look at the context of which what their world would have been and included and it wasn't you and me <laughs> It's insane. Oh man. All right. So we're coming short on time. So I want to ask you the question that I usually ask everybody towards the end of the interview, which is if you could go back and talk to your childhood self Mm. and not necessarily say, Hey, don't do this or do that, but maybe just offer some advice, knowing what you know that they're going to go through. Um, What would you say your adult self? What would you tell your childhood self? I think I would say, trust your gut. And you can trust yourself and what feels right and wrong to you. Um, Because I've had so many people tell me that's not true. That's not what you believe. That's wrong. And I go, oh, okay, I guess it is wrong. I guess that's not right. And so if I would have done back then to be like, no, mm -mm, that's not, I, I, you might think that way, but I don't, that would have probably saved a lot of heartache. Yeah, so trust your gut. And, and even though people who may seem like they have more power are telling you that you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> right. Who you are or what to believe. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. You know what's best. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with anybody before we, before we uh, go? Like anything that's on your heart to share? Um, no, but I, if anyone is interested in therapy, especially if you come from, you know, even like I've worked with ex-Mormons or anyone that's been any kind of religious trauma or background and struggling with that faith and sexuality, check out the closet. Um, you know, I think it, I've, it's just really helpful to find other people to talk, like I said, an extra layer. So, um, you know, and I think getting connected to other, you know, just amazing queer folks like you and me um, can be really helpful to just get a different perspective on, on things. Yeah. Um, And the work you're doing, I just want to thank you. It's, it's definitely needed. You know, hmm. what I know about the brain and what we learn and the neural pathways and stuff that is formed at such a young age, especially if you were born into a religion and that's beat into you, like, you know, beat into you. Yeah. There's some, some stuff that's going to take, work to to change and internalize homophobia and um yes you know just hate that of of yourself that might take a little guidance and and extra work with therapy and stuff like that for sure and just so the work you're doing is super important i i know i was lucky enough to not be that connected but imagine living in the south or living in a place where like religion is the only thing and you don't have Mm -hmm. another aspect to show you that there are as another way and that you aren't 
going to hell and that you, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for you and what you're doing. So thank Same you. Same to you. Thank you for, you know, I love uh, getting more into like the neuroscience and the brain. So fascinating. So I love what, what you're doing too. I think that's another important, I hope people start to learn yeah. it, there's just layers. Um, so we just keep, keep going and one day at a time learning all this new stuff all right well thank you for joining us i appreciate you guys and everything you want to know um about molly i'm going to put in the description i'm going to put the links there and stuff so you can follow her you can get connected with services so make sure to check that out thank you thank you so much jamie all right, guys, that was Molly Down Stoller, and you can follow along with her and all the things that we talked about by checking the show notes, the description that we have there. We'll have all the links to the things that we talked about and how you can follow along with Molly and uh, reach out to her if you need to. She's doing some big things in the world and uh, fully support that. So to f- follow along with her, check out the show notes, and until next time, we'll be back soon.